0: Help for HD Live is going on air in 5, 4, 3, 2,
1: Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to Help for HD Live. This program is made possible because of Teva Pharmaceuticals, Neurocrine Biosciences, the Griffin Foundation, and the Hereditary Disease Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today we have Matthew Roche on with us um, from CHDI. Uh, Matthew is the Director of Outcomes Research with CHDI. He earned his PhD in clinical psychology at State University of New York at Binghamton and had pre- and postdoctoral appointments in the, in the Division of Schizophrenia Research at the University of Medicine, Medicine and Dentistry. Um, Robert Wood Johnson Hospital and Rutgers University. After completing his training, Matt served in um, research spe- specialist and faculty capacities at Rutgers, where he worked collaboratively, collaboratively, I'm having a hard time talking today, with pharmaceutical, private research, and startup firms. Um, he worked on scale development for clinical phenomenon in schizophrenia and schizophrenia spectrum disorders, assisted in protocol development for projects evaluating the role of Huntington's, schizophrenia, and Parkinson's disease on retinal cell functioning and developed and led trainings on clinical rating skills and diagnostic interviewing. In addition, Matt taught in various graduate programs at Rutgers and is currently an assistant professor in the Department of Psychology at New Jersey City University. Um, He joined CHDI in 2018. Matt, I'm so glad to have you on today. Thank you so much for joining me.
2: Thank you for having me. Thank you for that uh, nice overview.
1: Absolutely. So one of the questions I love to ask any professional who comes on with me is, why HD? Why did you choose to start doing research in HD?
2: I'd say I got lucky. Um, You kind of went over my background a little bit, and uh, I was working in psychiatry and schizophrenia research. And uh, when I was reaching the end of my graduate training, uh we found out my father had been diagnosed with ALS. Mm-hmm. We found out that he had ALS. And um, you know, that was a journey that we went through until about twenty sixteen. I went through my postdoctoral training. Um, my first kids, all of that, both of my boys. And um it was uh and he passed away in twenty sixteen and it was really um, you know. ALS is a devastating disease. Obviously, hunting this disease is a, a devastating disease. And uh, my family's journey, my personal journey through that, it was horrible. It was uh, really hard for us uh, personally and then the way it uh, impacted our family and all that. And the opportunity to come to CHDI came up. And I thought, you know, this uh, is personally meaningful to me to be able to go into a space um that isn't the same as what you know I we went through with my dad but impacts people the people who are have the disorder uh the disease and their families their loved ones all of that um in a very similar way and that i could um come in and potentially contribute in a way that's meaningful um I couldn't pass up that opportunity to be able to use uh, whatever skills I've been given in my life to have some sort of positive impact that way. So I joined CHDI in 2018 and uh, frankly, just never looked back. It's been, uh, the people I work with are incredible. The community is incredible and the opportunities that we get to do the work that I was, you know, that I wanted to be able to do and more broadly, um, they're unparalleled. So um, I'm here and um, happily uh, able to be in this space and in, in doing work that I um, ultimately hope does provide some positive out- outcomes for people with HD and their yeah. families, their well, loved ones.
1: We are happy to have you. And um, I'm sorry to hear of, of your loss. Um, yeah, ALS is a very tough disease and, uh, and you know, shapes, people's lives, just like HD. So I I feel for you, um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry for that loss. Um, so tell me a little bit about CHDI for those who don't know what CHDI is.
2: So CHDI is a nonprofit organization that's exclusively focused on Huntington's disease. Um, and what we try and do the mission of CHDI is to um, accelerate the development of therapeutics, that will slow the progression of Huntington's disease. And so we have preclinical departments that are working on all things preclinical. We have a clinical department, which I'm a part of, which works on scale development, neuroimaging, other things. Um, And what we try and do across the board is preclinical bringing forward um, candidate treatments or ways to monitor the disease and clinical bringing forward ways to monitor the disease or track progression of the disease over time that can be leveraged in um, therapeutic programs so a pharmaceutical company can take what we're doing um, and incorporate that into the trial and hopefully this will lead to um, quality therapeutic that do have a positive impact on people's lives getting out sooner and so we try we have all that going on and then we also provide um, consulting services to any company looking to get into the hd space so that we can um, lighten the load or lower the lift for them and get their program going as quickly as possible so we do anything that we can to try and get therapeutics developed that will have a positive impact on people's lives as, as quickly as possible.
1: And one of the things that you were just mentioning, you know accelerating um, research and, and all of that, you guys are currently working on a project to help with that um, and really to help in many ways um, just dig deeper into HD. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you tell me what that project is?
2: Sure. we have a it's a big project. It's called uh, Focus HD, and it involves three different studies. Um, One is called Focus Online, one's Focus in Person, and then one is called Focus Longitudinal. And the goal of this program of research is to develop two tools. One of those tools is called the First 2.0, and that's a measure of functional ability, and that's a measure of functional ability that has been designed to be sensitive um, to the changes that are happening to people with HD earlier than the uh, the measures that currently exist are able to do so. So the current measures that are used are in the UHDRS, and those are really only picking up, the, which the Unified Huntington's Disease Rating Scale, has some functional skills, and those are really designed to pick up the functional changes that are happening later, or they pick up the functional changes that are happening later in the disease. But what we know from focus groups that we want to run and what people have reported to us is they're experiencing the impacts of Huntington's disease far in advance of when those skills are starting to pick it up. And so there's this unmet need to develop a scale that can pick up those changes. And that's what the first 2.0 is designed to do. We've gone through frankly a 10 year process already in developing this scale and making sure we're getting it right by talking to people with Huntington's disease uh, to ensure the content is right. We're asking questions about the right thing, we're asking questions in the right way, so the wording of the questions, and then we're providing response options that allow people to represent their experience, and so those response options are meaningful to them. So that's one of the measures, the first 2.0, and the other measure is called uh, the HDCAB, which is the Huntington's Disease Cognitive Assessment Battery, and that's a group of tests that uh, assess people's uh, cognition or thinking abilities. And it's, again, designed to be a sensitive test that can pick up on changes that are happening earlier in uh, the HD disease process than we currently can. So they're able to do so in, the, in a really fine-grained manner. And through both of these, again, we're trying, we will be able to better understand the experiences of people with HD. So in Focus Online, we have the first 2.0 online, people are able to go and respond to this questionnaire. You need to be 18 years of age or older. Self-identify as having Huntington's disease. You don't have to have clinical, you don't need to be clinically diagnosed, but you need to self-identify as someone with HD. Um, English, you need to be able to speak and understand English. So we're validating this in English first, then we'll translate, we'll culturally adapt so it will be able to be used worldwide. And of course, you need internet access since it's online. You need to be able to get online and fill it out. But that's our first pass. Trying to get as many people to do that as we possibly can. Uh, It's currently up online and available. Focus in person is really integrating the first 2.0 into Enroll HD. Probably a number of your listeners participate in Enroll HD and go for annual visits each year, and uh, the first 2.0 will now be included in that. So. That'll be answered every year, regardless of, you know, where someone is in their journey with HD. And then Focus Longitudinal is a study we're planning where the first 2.0 in HD cab will be given over time and will allow us to understand how people change the responses to the HD cab over time or to the first 2.0 over time. So we get a sense of the change of their functional abilities and we'll do the same thing with the HD cab. So how their performance changes over time. So we can really again, better understand how people's functional abilities and their cognitive abilities or thinking abilities are changing, um, well in advance of clinical motor diagnosis.
1: So where do people go for focus online? Um, I want, I want to focus on focus online really quick, just because you said it's up and running and I want to make sure that people know where to go.
2: Yeah, right now. Um, I can provide you with the direct link afterwards. Unfortunately, it's one of those really complicated web links.
1: No worries. Okay. It's the
2: easiest thing that people could do if they don't, uh, if they're hearing this and they say, you know what, I'm not going to go to a web page and figure all that out. HDSA currently has it posted on their online survey page. So if you go to HDSA's website and you go to their online surveys, I believe it's still the first one posted there. Go there, click on it, and you can go in um, and and participate you answer a few the questions that basically say i'm 18 i self-identify as having huntington's disease and i have the ability to speak and understand english and you're in you answer about 30 questions and you're done so on average it takes people about eight minutes to do it
1: so it's is it a one-time thing one time one time Don't thing
2: do it one time yep.
1: so okay so that's interesting um it's a one-time thing i'm guessing are you looking with with Focus Longitudinal, where you're talking about really following um, mm-hmm. HD more? Yeah. Um, are you hoping for that to be online as well, for people to kind of document their journeys um, with HD in a way like you're doing with Focus Online?
2: So the Focus Longitudinal will be a study that happens in person. You may be person. able to complete some of the questionnaires online. Um, on a separate thread, we're developing something that that's um, called self-enroll, which would be a digital research platform and and registry, it's sort of a complement to Enroll HD, but people be able to do it from the comfort of their own home on their phone. And yeah. so, first 2.0 would be integrated into that, and people would be able to respond to the first 2.0 uh, over time. We're a little little bit away from having self-enroll live, but it's one of the things that we're really excited about because. You know, we understand going into clinics even once a year requires a, a lot out of people to do it, um, whether it's the travel or the childcare, and it's a long day and it's taxing. And we, we totally understand that. And we want to sort of lower the, the burden on people um, and encourage people to become a part of, you know, re- basically a part of research so we do get the best understanding of how HD is progressing. And, what people's experiences are so we're trying to be creative and all of that um, and uh, obviously we'll we'll get there but that would probably be the mechanism to be able to uh, answer it remotely repeatedly over time so and the reason we're doing it as a one-off is because this is really one of the first times people right. are responding to it so we'll get a sense through um, through focus online of we're, at, we're asking this question. We think this question makes sense. We've had other people tell us may, it makes sense. But now the rubber's hitting the road. Does it really make sense to people? Is it really reflecting their experiences? Are the item responses... Um, basically, are people using the item responses in the way that we think they work and people have told us they work? It's really the first step in what would be sort of the, the quantitative or numerical evaluation of the scale and so once we get those data and we say okay everything looks really really good now it makes sense to take it into focus longitudinal because we know it's the final scale we know it's the exact right thing and so when we get into focus longitudinal we start collecting those data and of course it'll be an enroll too we can just get this out to people so they can use it all the time i mean it's currently available for um companies to use
1: um
2: and they've You know, there's the field needs this measure. And so we've given it out a number of times to different people, but we're getting, we want to get to the point where we are so rock solid with this instrument. We know it works really, really well, get it out in people's hands. And then they're able to do this work and, you know, take one of the goals, obviously is to also take trials from where they currently are and allow people to participate in trials earlier. And this tool gives us a mechanism to be able to do that.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, I love that you guys are, are taking it online um, and giving that opportunity. One of the problems I always have with in-person stuff, um, especially as I get older and I have to deal more with complications with kids and stuff, is just the fact that um, when you go one time a year, it doesn't really show the whole picture. You know, You're answering your questions as you feel that day, but as you're dealing with HD, your feelings change based on how bad your day is um you know because as we were talking like before movements you're dealing with cognitive deficits and you're dealing with behavioral issues and that's real and and it it's not the same every day so um I think it would be very interesting to see um long-term objective measures um but more than just on a yearly basis um because of just change things can change so quickly. Um, even within a year. So uh, I think this is such a great step to have something available to the community online um, to start working on those objective measures.
2: Yeah, and uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, we have these annual visit um, data from these annual visits, but we may be only asking you about the, the, the past two weeks. There were 50 other weeks, right? and how many other days And like you're saying, these things are dynamic. We're not, you know, you may um, have certain strong emotional feelings on some days that you're not having on other days and whatnot. And, um, you know, we do hope through self-enroll, we are able to capture that more and be able to reflect against the experience that people are having that isn't necessarily captured just by, you know, you came in you know, once in January and then he came in the next year in January and the following year in January. It's, it's, uh, what we have is great. It's fantastic. It gives us a great baseline as to what's going on, but there's so much more information out there. Um, and there's so, so much more opportunity again to represent what being a person with HD is really like, as yeah. opposed to just those annual visits.
1: Well, and and I think another huge part of this is, as you mentioned, is to be able to get people earlier into yeah. studies and into trials um, because of having objective measures. Um, which also, you know, we were talking before we we started about um, the ISS, the the staging system mm-hmm. that's there, and this basically is is building on that and and providing just more information, um, not to to replace, but to just kind of help with those stages um, and having obje- objective measures, um, which are so important, one, for research, but also in the long run for diagnostic criteria and, and changing the diagnostic criteria for HD and really looking at HD a lot earlier than we are right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. And uh, as saying at the outset, right, our functional measures right now, don't change until the third stage of HDISS. And there's stage zero, stage one, stage two. And so we really want to have things like the first 2.0 and other outcomes, um, HD-CAB, and then maybe the blood based biomarkers or neuroimaging based biomarkers that really enrich that staging system. Um, obviously, the, the neuroimaging is important for HDISS. Um, stage two, but uh, even more so different uh, approaches uh, or, or in granularity with neuroimaging to understand, again, the changes that are happening over time. And um, yeah, there may be downstream impacts on um, things outside of of the research domain uh, in terms of diagnosis and whatnot. But with, with what we're doing, we're certainly trying to open – the opportunity for people to be able to minimally participate in, I mean, they can participate in our research and and the more people participate again, the more we learn and and that's fantastic, but also it opens the door for treatment trials earlier, which is, you know, frankly, it's likely what we need is to be able to have those intervention trials earlier uh, than we're currently doing
1: it. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. So the best way for the community to get involved right now is to go and participate in Focus HD online, Focus online, um, which I will make sure to include a link to on the show page itself. Um, But you can also go to the HDSA website um, and get there as well. Um, And then, as you mentioned, Focus in Person is going to become part of Enroll HD. Yep. And what we have to look forward to is focus longitudinal, which will give us more information. Um, which you know, again, that I think, I think it's huge that now we're getting such a huge focus on that cognitive um, mm-hmm. and on um, the earlier parts of HD that we haven't. You know, we we talk about this pre manifest yeah, part of HD, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what people don't realize is there are significant changes happening then that affect people's ability to work. And before you ever get to movements, you're already struggling so bad. And it's not something that happens overnight. Um, you know, it, it is a very gradual change, but something that is noticeable by by people. And um, so I think really focusing on this part of it is huge, um, such a huge thing and will be uh, a change to the community. I hope, you know, it really moves us forward faster, um, and get us, gets us what we need as far as research. Yes. But also just in regards to, um, I guess, validation, like (laughs) this is actually happening, you know, it's validation that these, these cognitive changes are happening. It's not all in our heads and that we're making stuff up. And, um, so it would be nice to have that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I could totally, uh, Totally understand and respect that is right like everybody wants to see numbers at the end of the day and so that's what this this will allow us to do not that the numbers the numbers are really just you know as you said they're sort of filling in what the people are reporting subjectively and saying this is this is really impacting my life and it's uh, it's getting in it's impacting my ability to engage in certain aspects of my life in the way that I would really want to be able to en- engage in those things. So um, again, sort of as just going back to the beginning, right? The opportunity to do this, the opportunity to have impact. Uh, that's, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning, makes me excited. And um, anyway, that again, people are willing to contribute to our ability to understand. Of course, you know, this is all, research, not offer we don't have any treatment or anything like that. Just want to be clear and you know, whenever you consider a research opportunity because there's lots of them out there, right? Talk to your family, talk to the folks you trust about these different studies that exist. And then, you know, to the degree you can participate again, we can we can give voice to the things that that you're talking about through the tools that we're developing. And it, it points us in the right direction. When you speak and you let us know what what the impacts are i mean it's the only way we developed the first 2.0 is because people came and they said this is how the world this is how my world is being affected yeah it's so great now we know now we have a direction so you're you're the compass that's telling us where to go so the more we hear it the better it is for us so for everyone who has given us information uh, and will thank you thanks for, for doing it thanks for being a part of this with us
1: Yeah, I was having I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday about this, just that um, my viewpoint is that without the people with HD, without the participants, research goes nowhere. And that's not just clinical trials. That is observational studies. We know what we know today because people participated. Um, And so that is the benefit to research, you know, for those who, obviously we've had a lot of setbacks in the community and, and that feeling of what's the point and why do we keep doing this? The reason is because we are at the point we are with with research because of participants, Yeah, you know, PHAROS and Enroll and um, track he like all of those are observational studies that gives information that helps with the clinical trials. And so things like this, like FOCUS-HD, it's huge because it's going to help shape all of those trials in the future. So participating is needed. And I don't, you know, my big thing is, okay, fine. We're going to see clinical trials go for, for medications, but ultimately it's, I don't do it for that. I do it for the purpose of the community. So we know as much about HD as we can, so we can have a quality of life. And so this is why research is so important to me, uh, personally. Mm-hmm. It's just I, I just truly believe without the community working with the researchers, it just doesn't happen. We go nowhere, yeah. and yeah. Um, and things like this is are huge for us because it's a whole new side to HD that we're going to open. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I highly encourage people to participate in this. Um, I think it's really exciting, and I'm really looking forward to to what the research shows.
2: Yeah, yeah hopefully, I can come back and we can talk about it. Absolutely, hopefully we get some data, and that way we can uh, we can bring it full circle. Um, and because I think that's another key piece is understanding you're doing it for you know you're doing it for the community, you're doing it for everyone, and so hearing back like here's you know, your contribution to this, right? And hey, we, you talk about the HDISS. The HDISS doesn't happen without TRACK, without PREDICT, without any of that. And that contribution, what hopefully will move the field forward significantly, that right there, that is people's contribution among the, their contribution through research and, and many, many other things. But that landmark kind of new system is because exactly what you said is that people were, they took the time out of their lives to go somewhere and provide information uh, to us about what their experience is. It's um, yeah. Research goes nowhere without people being willing to do it. And uh, we very, you know, we, and I think um, the other people in this space, HSG and everyone who, who's out there doing work really, and truly respects it. And we can't say enough how deeply appreciative we we are of the fact that um, people are participating in this and helping us to move move our understanding forward and hopefully get us to a point where we have an intervention that is helpful, is making a meaningful impact and ensuring um, that, one's quality of life is as high as it can be for as long as it can possibly be.
1: Absolutely. And Matt, I thank you so much for coming on, um, and sharing everything and also just fighting as hard as you are for the HD community and, uh, really working in this space. Um, I don't think there's anybody I'd rather have doing it. Just knowing how um, passionate you are for this uh, and seeing how genuine you are about this um, just truly uh, makes me happy that you're in our corner. So thank you so much. Well,
2: oh, Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to do this. And um, again, stepping back, people participating, giving me the opportunity to, again, use whatever skills I have to hopefully make a positive impact. I'm deeply uh, appreciative for that. So thank you. And I look forward to coming back.
1: Absolutely. Anytime. <laughs> all right. So for those listening, thanks so much for listening. Please make sure that you go to our show page. I'll make sure to include it on fa- on our Facebook and Twitter and, and all the social media um, aspects, but make sure to go to the show page for the direct link to Focus Online, or you can go to the hdsa.org website um, and participate in that. Um, and make sure that you're um, listening for future shows on Thursdays at 4 pm. Eastern Standard Time. We do have um, we do have some really awesome things coming up this month. Uh, so thanks for listening. And until next time, guys, take care and love ya. <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening.